Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. How did you celebrate Safer Internet Day? What? You somehow missed Safer Internet Day on February 11th, 2020? Well, that's too bad. But fortunately, all is not lost. In honor of Safer Internet Day, let's look at a few tips that longtime listeners of the Electronic Cottage have heard before, but that none of us can hear often enough. The Internet, and particularly the World Wide Web, the two are not the same thing, but for most people's purposes, we can consider them one and the same. Anyway, the Internet is wonderful. And terrible. On the wonderful side is access to billions of pages of information about pretty near anything, and a good bit of it is free. There are also all sorts of games to play, alone or with other people all over the world, in real time. We can get college degrees, or the equivalent knowledge without the degree, or the cost. We can keep up with friends and family, and on and on. You can make your own personal list. On the terrible side, however, there are people doing terrible things, meant to steal from us, to destroy our privacy, to influence us to do anything from voting a certain way to, literally, killing a friend as an homage to a made-up personality like Slenderman. Who these people are and why they do this kind of stuff and how they sleep at night is pretty much a mystery to most of us. But they surely exist and the world is not a better place for the space they take up. To protect ourselves, we need to pay real attention to what we do online and to the tools that we use to get there. As much as the current crop of politicians holler about internet service providers not doing enough to censor speech that politicians don't like, they are doing absolutely nothing, at least on the federal level, to actually protect users of the internet. When all is said and done, it's up to each of us to make our use of the Internet safer for ourselves and for all other users. Hence, Safer Internet Day. So, what can we do as individuals to make our personal use of the Internet safer, if not completely safe? Well, the key to the kingdom on most Internet sites, from banking to social media, is still the password. And to our continuing amazement, a surprising number of people still use passwords like, well, quote-unquote, password, or 1234567, or if they think they're being very clever, 7654321. The odds are very good that these folks will be very sorry sooner or later. So, First and foremost, to improve personal safety on the web, create strong, unique passwords with at least 12 characters and preferably 16 or more. We've done a number of programs over the years on this topic, which you can find on the Electronic Cottage section of the WERU archives at weru.org. One way to create strong passwords that we find pretty effective is to use a passphrase. According to Arnold Reinhold, the developer of a system called Diceware, a good passphrase should be known only to you, long enough to be secure, hard to guess, even by someone who knows you well, 
easy for you to remember and easy for you to type accurately. There are additional specific suggestions about password creation on past editions of the Electronic Cottage or by searching on the web. But whatever system you choose to use to create passwords, make sure that your passwords are really, really hard for a high-powered computer to guess. Here's another hint regular listeners have heard before. Back up regularly and often. In the library world, there's an acronym called LOCKS, spelled L-O-C-K-S-S, which stands for Lots of Copies Keep Stuff Safe. The computers of university libraries that belong to the LOCKS system call each other daily and make copies of key data on each other's machines so that if there is an earthquake or a fire in one particular place that causes a loss of important information, there are copies in other places. That kind of backing up is beyond most of our needs or abilities, but making copies of our own stuff is really important, not only in case of some unfortunate physical catastrophe, but in case some miscreant manages to break into our computers and locks them up and tries to extort money from us to get our data back. That kind of stuff is called ransomware, and there's an epidemic of it these days. A current backup enables us to clean and reboot our machines and thumb our noses at the extortionist. By the way, though it is a bit of a hassle, having a copy that's kept somewhere else besides our home or business is a great idea in case there is an actual catastrophe. Having two copies of our information perish in a fire or a flood or who knows what does us no good at all. A couple of other quick tips. Make sure to have good, up-to-date antivirus software on the computer or other electronic device you use. And make sure to regularly update whatever operating system your device uses, whether it's a smartphone, a laptop, a desktop, or one of the increasing number of Internet of Things devices. Manufacturers send out security updates for a reason. Some lowlife has figured out a way to hack into the device in your hand or on your desk. Update it. And finally, for today at least, look carefully at the privacy settings for the operating system and for each application that you use on whatever device you use to access the Internet. There are a lot of these settings, and the default settings that come with a new device are not designed to keep our privacy safe. They're designed to optimize income for the manufacturer. So, spend some time making sure that the settings on your device reflect the way that you want it to work for you, not for the manufacturer. As we listen to these suggestions in honor of Safer Security Day, here's one more. To quote a large American corporation, just do it. If we all do, next year on Safer Internet Day, we can all concentrate on, say, how to find cute kitty videos instead of how to save our digital bacon. And wouldn't that be a different and nicer topic for a future edition of Notes from the Electronic Cottage? <laughs>